listening to the CIPD podcast series. Hello and welcome to the CIPD podcast. This month we're focusing on some of the election issues that business in particular will be keeping a close eye on over the coming months. With me to discuss these, I'm delighted to welcome Labour's Employment Relations Minister, Lord Tony Young, from the Conservative Party Shadow Business Minister, Jonathan Ginogli, and the Shadow Business Secretary from the Lib Dems, John Thurso. Thanks very much indeed for joining us today. Now, the general election this year obviously comes in the depths of a recession. You've all worked in business at some point, I believe, and obviously all the political parties have had a lot to say about the urgent need to support business and uh, encourage growth. Jonathan Chinogli, what sort of fist do you think the current administration is making of that at the moment? Well, pretty poor. Uh, The uh, situation at the moment is one of huge government debt. Um, If we're going to get our economy back on its feet, uh, reducing the deficit has got to be the priority. Uh, If we don't have confidence in our economy coming back from the markets, uh, then business is not going to have the confidence to move forward either. So... We can't look at uh, business or indeed employment in isolation. It's part of the wider economy. Uh, And the picture is not a happy one, uh, which is why we're saying that the priority is going to be to sort out the economy, to get on top of the deficit, uh, to reduce the amount of regulation, uh, and to get taxes lower for business so that they can start employing people again. John Thurston, you've had a long career in the private sector. How well do you think the current government understands the needs of business? I actually think the government have made a reasonable fist of dealing with the crisis. I think it would have been very difficult to imagine a different course of action in regard to the banks and how they set about uh, restoring some measure of uh, fiscal stability. Uh, Where I think you can lay a great deal of blame at this government's door is having got us into this mess in the first place. And I also think that there is a severe question mark over their seriousness with dealing with the deficit. The pre-budget report calls for a halving of the deficit over a four-year period, but there is absolutely no detail on how that will be done. And I go with the Governor of the Bank of England, who made it clear that uh, you don't have to rush into reducing the deficit immediately, but what business needs is a very clear understanding of whatever way government is going to actually achieve the reduction, that's what's missing at the moment. Lord John, do you want to respond to that? In one way I'd agree with, I'd agree with John. I think that uh, we, we've taken by common consent around the world the right measures to ensure uh, that we get out of the recession as quickly as possible. Where I disagree with John is that he takes no account of the fact that this was a global recession. Um, if we start to cut deficit too soon, um, the sort of delicate green shoots that are there by common consent, we're not actually, if you don't mind me saying so, in the depths of the recession, we're actually about to come out of it. Um, and that's what all the figures are showing us. We've got to nurture that. Um, I would say that uh, in the pre-budget report that the Chancellor's got it right. Uh, most, most of the commentators agree uh, that the, the trick now is, yes, we've got to create confidence. Yes, we've got to indicate uh, that we're going to uh, treat uh, debt reduction seriously, but we need to do it at the right time. We, need to, we have indicated that we're going to take strong action on things like public sector, uh, sector pay. We've indicated that there are going to be uh, significant cuts and, uh, and reductions, and I think you'll see that in the, uh, in the budget as well. So you, could, you 
might argue about how much flesh there is on the bones, but uh, we understand the need to address the deficit. But what we're saying is at the moment, what's the primary task at the moment is to ensure that we don't choke off this recovery, that we maintain employment at the highest possible level. We've got this planned rise in employers' national insurance contributions. It's not a popular move, is it? Oh, well, we, st- we still think that the overall package of, uh, of taxation for em- employment, I- employment is, uh, is, is, one- is one of the lowest. In fact, if we look at the, uh, the World Bank assessment of, uh, of uh, business, uh, you know, how good it is to operate as a business, we're, we're, we're fifth in, in the world. We're, not, we're, we're doing an awful lot to encourage uh, our growth in business, whether it's uh, the money that we, we're putting into uh, uh, to training, which makes a huge con- con- uh, contribution, all the measures we've taken to uh, stimulate growth, whether it's been the reduction in, uh, in, in, in VAT, whether it's been car scrappage, which I have to say to you, of course, were, uh, were opposed by uh, certainly uh, the, the, con- the concerns Conservatives actually played their part in, in in recovery. So, can't have it both ways. If we're saying that uh, we need to do something about reducing uh, deficit, we th- we think this is a a reasonable, fairly cautious move. It's not coming in anyway immediately. It's not coming in. I think I've got it right till about two thousand and eleven. So again, we're pacing it in terms of affecting. Uh, people um, it's not going to impact the vast majority of those who are earning 20, uh, below 20,000 won't be won't be affected anyway so it's a small um, uh, increase Pull, pulling this back to the kind of day-to-day issues facing the business community I mean the recurring gripe we always hear is about red tape isn't it and compliance would you say that we have now seen looking at it with the, with the benefit of hindsight too much legislation in favour of employees rather than employers? <clears throat> well, this is a balance that we've got to get right here. And we think we, we have got it uh, right, the, uh, the balance. We, we've got significant programmes to reduce, uh, to reduce uh, red, red tape, something like three billion to date. Uh, we've got a planned programme to reduce another six billion of uh, red tape and regulation between uh, now and 2015. Every time we look at introducing uh, new legislation, which is often about uh, giving r- fair rights for or for workers, or it might it might be on the question of safety, etc., we do look very carefully at the impact on 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 business. Which is why we, for instance, if you looked at the uh, the agency workers directive, we didn't go for day one. We've gone for a 12-week uh, uh, qualifying period. We haven't gone for in- uh, introducing it too soon. We're giving business time to prepare. So it, we we believe we've we've got a, a balanced approach. It is about recognising that we uh, we whatever we do in terms of uh, legislation and regulation, we look at the impact carefully. We consult. And uh, as I say, you look at the overall assessment of what it's like Thank to operate you. as a business. I suspect Jonathan Chinogli would uh, would disagree yeah. with much yes, of that. There, there, there's quite a lot there, actually. Um, well, How? let's take taxation first. Okay. Um, cutting corporate taxes will be the priority in terms of uh, tax measures for the next Conservative government. Uh, we want to uh, reduce uh, corporation tax, at both the high rate and for small businesses. Um, we want to reverse... Uh, Labour's national insurance increases, which we see as a direct uh, tax um, on jobs uh, uh, and will reduce jobs. You're talking about a contributions holiday, aren't you, for new jobs? uh, On top of that, Mm. on top of the reverse, indeed. Uh, As far as red tape is concerned, we are very concerned at the some 20 Acts of Parliament and 200 statutory instruments that this government 
uh, has introduced directly increasing uh, employment legislation and creating an atmosphere where businesses, particularly small businesses, no longer want to employ people. Yes, would you like to be specific about which bits of the employment legislation you'd like to see repealed? Well, let, let, let me give you uh, one example. Uh, we're getting a lot of businesses coming to us and saying that when people, uh, uh, when staff take them to uh, employment tribunals, um, rather than contesting the cases, even when they believe that they have a valid uh, defence, uh, they will simply settle. They won't settle for any reasons to do with the merits of the case. They will settle because they can't afford the cost of the process. And in the case of small businesses, they can't afford to take the time out to actually go and deal with the process. And we feel that the uh, the, the rights of the employees and the way that tribunals work have gone, it's gone too far against the interests of business and, and does need to be readdressed. And I would also say on the Agency Workers Directive, which was specifically referred to uh, by Lord Young, that we joined the government for six years in Europe in uh, uh, stopping this uh, directive go through. The government conceded because of huge uh, trade union pressure that was put on them. Uh, we think that was an absolutely wrong decision. This is this single regulation is going to put some £40 billion of costs onto business over a 10-year period uh, at a time when we're desperately trying to come out of a recession. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it, it was a huge mistake. John Thurston? Can I take taxation first of all? We approach taxation from a completely different angle, I think, to either of the other two parties and believe that the tax system is inherently unfair and that over the last uh, 10 years, 15 years, uh, the poor have basically got poorer and the rich have got richer. The burden of tax is falling harder on people on lower incomes and we want to see people up to £10,000 pay no tax at all. Uh, and Vince Cable has put together an extremely well-costed, thorough package which shows how that can be done, largely through taking away reliefs, such as uh, uh, the, the upper-rate uh, relief on pension contributions. And we think that that's a much fairer and much more balanced way to approach and gives people at the bottom end of the scale a real opportunity to manage their own money in their own pocket rather than get it via various credits. And I think that's a very important differential. Uh, we would like to see the rate of corporation tax go down. It's interesting that if you look at the FTSE 250, the 28% headline rate, the actual average tax take uh, of the, the FTSE 250 is 21.5%. Now, it seems to me rather stupid that you have a tax rate which nobody pays except a few... Uh, people and therefore we would like to see a system where the headline rate comes down the allowances go away and you therefore have a much closer relationship between the tax paid we would certainly not put the tax up in on on this at the small business rate that really silly and we dislike the, the, the what was done with with NIC turning to regulation it, it always struck me that that um, the, the two things here the first uh, is impact assessments at the moment, every department does an impact assessment statement, which is never then again checked. And the net result is that you can put anything you like in an impact assessment. They're not really terribly realistic, and they all basically say there is going to get, there's not going to be an impact. HMRC internally for a number of years have actually been doing an audit 
of the impact assessment of their, re their, their regulations. And it has been very helpful to HMRC in actually improving their regulatory ability. And I want to see that audit extended to all regulations so that whoever is writing the regulation, be it minister or civil servant, they know that the NAO will be checking up what they said. And I think that would be a, a tremendous benefit. The second thing is that I always found it's not so much having a regulation, it is the way in which the bureaucracy of the regulation impacts on business. Uh, and as well as looking at whether we regulate or not, it is actually the rules that come from the regulation and the paperwork that's got to be filled in. I mean, we all know you're not allowed to murder somebody, but there are no regulations about how we shouldn't not murder anybody. Uh, we all know we've got to have health and safety, but there's a whole culture grown up, which the health and the people who are true health and safety professionals deprecate. There's a whole culture grown up that is not actually health and safety. It's a kind of consultancy round it. And that's what we've got to tackle and get rid of, is the bureaucracy uh, as much as individual regulation. OK, I want to move on to flexible working. Well, before we do move on, a couple Briefly, of points, if, uh, if I may. Look, before we make wild allegations about £40 billion on... Uh, agency workers. Now, let me remind you, this is the same party that promised us that if we introduced a national minimum wage, we'd lose millions of jobs. Sorry, we, the from the government's yeah, the, but all, I just remind you of that. That was a, a fair deal for workers. Uh, helped take people out of uh, uh, poverty. So I just put a question mark against that, those, those kind of allegations. It's not true that the impact assessments are just dreamed up by government departments and they've got no validity whatsoever. Well, I don't think that's what John's first said, is it? Well, it, it did imply somehow that they were, you know, we just do not them and then... robust. I would dispute that. OK, but yeah. point taken, you're, you're yeah. in disagreement about this. I would like to move on because mm. we've got a lot of territory mm. to cover. Let, let me drag you back to flexible working. Uh, because it, it does seem to me the, the phrase family-friendly is uh, rather looking to be in danger of becoming a bit of a buzzword in this election already. The mum's net election, as, uh, as we've seen in the papers recently. And at present, um, employees with young children under 16 can request to work flexibly. Should everyone have that right? Lord Young, Harriet Harman's been talking about this. It's gone a bit quiet lately, hasn't it? Well, I mean, first, of all, you know, it's we always seem to want to put a negative uh, rather than and look at look at the positive, if you are. Know. And the positive thing is really about ensuring that uh, we enable um, uh, <clears throat> mothers, in particular. We've we've done a huge amount on on things like mater maternity leave. We've extended the, the length of maternity leave. We've introduced uh, per paternity leave. Uh, we're now going to introduce le legislation so that they've uh, they've got the ability to share that if they think if they think their families think that's uh, appropriate. What about the age limit? Will you push it out <coughs> to eighteen? I'm not sure about that one. Uh, no. What the point I want to uh, make is that somehow we we put family friendly as though it's it's a negative uh, thing. The, the the reality is that uh, when you when you as an employer have, have put invested a lot of money in somebody, you've trained them, they're doing a good job uh, for you. There's there's a a, a mutual benefit. Uh, mothers want to come back to work, want to continue their career, but need a career bank. They need support in childcare. They need improved child benefit. Those are the things that we've introduced so yes we we have had family friendly policies and we believe they benefited uh they benefited employees employers and the economy as a whole jonathan chinogli i think the conservatives are saying they will push the age limit out to 18 is that right yeah that is correct i mean the reality of 
modern day living is that um, for for families now, uh, both parents are, are going to work, and um, we simply appreciate that uh, that working practices must reflect um, society, uh, and that's going to mean over the next ten years that more women will become the main breadwinner, uh, and employment laws must reflect that. So we are pushing this agenda um, quite hard, both in terms of uh, parental leave, uh, flexible working. And I think in terms of uh, employment law as a whole, uh, the, the buzzword for us at the next election will be to uh, flexible working. Flexibility, I have to say, for employees, but also flexibility for employers, uh, uh, because uh, the two are going to have to be matched up. So, for instance, if we look at flexible working, one of the implications of that is going to be that companies will need to have more access to agency and temporary workers to make up for the fact that people are taking time off work because of flexible hours, which is why we're so concerned at things like the Agency Workers Directive, because that's, that shows the government is not looking at this area uh, holistically. You know, it's not just looking at one side of the coin. It's, it, you have to look at the whole okay. uh, lot. John Thurston, the Lib Dems want to go a lot further on the issue of um, parents and parental leave, don't you? And particularly maternity and paternity leave. Absolutely. I mean, but we, we see uh, the changes that are happening in society. We see uh, the need to ensure that uh, the workplace is balanced with uh, uh, the way people are lifestyles are, are developing uh, and we see this as a, a very positive uh, way forward the one caveat that i would put on it is that uh, it is very important to ensure that d the scale of a business is taken into account and one of the things that that, that um, we certainly understand is that what you can do in a large professional firm of four or five hundred people and what you can do in a small business of four people is often very different and in common with many countries uh, throughout Europe we see it's important to make a legal distinction uh, between the SME sector uh, and the rest of, of the employ employment landscape. Yeah, I mean, this is a strong point, isn't it? Because, I mean, though all the party websites have good stuff to say about equality for women, and you've all reiterated this again this morning, I mean, there is an argument for saying that, particularly with small employers, even the maternity rights that women currently have have made them less employable. Um, that is an argument. I, I'm not sure I follow that argument. I think maternity rights for women are probably one at the... If you were drawing up, starting from scratch, with a list of rights to give, you'd probably put maternity rights for women at the top. I think it, it is one of the absolutely most uh, vital. And in a society where women now are working at least equally, and as Jonathan said, very often are the, the, the main breadwinner, to, to, to not have that right, it just seriously impairs, in my judgment, uh, the start of that important relationship between mother and child. But there are, there's a whole raft of other areas. Um, and when I used to run a business in France, it was very interesting that uh, there was the, the, the social legislation was clearly divided with a legal definition of an SME as being 49 or less employees. And all sorts of things from uh, works committees to union legislation kicked in when you had 50 employees. Now, I'm not saying that 50 is the right number for the UK, but I I think the principle of understanding that the small business um, has more difficulty in meeting a mandatory legislative process, but also by its very nature, in that if there are four of you in a business, you tend to know each other very well, you're probably in a small community, you actually do it uh, informally and by different ways. It's just to recognise 
that that difference between between the larger company, which can can well afford to structure itself and gain the benefits, and the smaller company, which can't, is a very important distinction to Jonathan, make. Jonathan, do you like a good idea? Well, we're actually coming uh, from the flexibility uh, on the flexibility debate from a slightly different angle. Uh, the position that John uh, gave is similar to the government's position, mainly looking um, at the woman's position. We're, we're trying to be uh, more open about it and realising that working uh, arrangements may be different between families and therefore in some cases uh, it may be uh, the man who wants to stay at home rather than the woman. So from our point of view we'll be looking at uh, at time that can be taken out but that can be that time can be shared more mm. equally between the man and the woman. The take up on paternity leave has been very low hasn't it? It has been but you know. That's Why would that be any different? Well, that's that's we're not saying uh, uh, the the man has to take take it up. It could be the woman, but we just want to introduce flexibility between the couples so that they can work it out depending on their arrangements. I must say, well, we've already done it. You know, it's nice that nice to, to know. To agree, that, uh, of course we agree. But it's nice to know that the Conservatives are catching up. Uh, of course, we understand the point about SMEs, which is why we've paid such a lot of attention in in helping them with uh, with specialised training, etc. We, we we understand that. We're careful the way we frame. Uh, uh, legislation, but if we're if we're talking about seriously recognising one that the nature of families is very very different, and uh, that's why I'm, we're somewhat puzzled about uh, the Conservative Party's commitment to uh, uh, to marriage uh, tax breaks when we've got so many different families arrange, uh, family arrangements. When we when we if we're serious about flexible working as as this government is, we've demonstrated our commitment to that. You're right about the take up of. Uh, uh, paternity leave. Again, we're trying to make that, uh, we're trying to advertise that, we're trying to say to people, look, here's your opportunity. If, in in this case, the uh, the mother in the family is uh, is the more significant wage earner, then here's your opportunity on... But you're uh, not looking to push out the paternity leave allocation are you no we're looking to that give the opportunity well but they can share they can share in it so if the mother decides to uh, return return to work then that that amount of uh, leave okay. uh, paid leave can be can be used by the father so it, is it a significant step forward can we talk about productivity kind of plays into the same area I mean, we're all familiar with the <clears throat> statistics about how unproductive the uk remains compared to other major economies poor management uh, is often cited as the key problem, isn't it? Realistically, what can any government do about that? Well, I, I, I think, again, that's, uh, that training is, is vitally important. We've still got a third of companies in, in the UK that actually don't train at all. Um, somehow believe that, as I've described it previously, that they can defy the force of gravity when we're telling them that they're 2.5 times more likely to fail if they don't during during a recession. So training is, has been... We've invested a huge amount in the uh, in the Train to Gain programme. It's a popular programme. We've tailored specifically to small and medium-sized companies. We've tailored uh, bite-sized uh, um, uh, courses. We, we've consulted them. And what uh, it's, this is a demand-led uh, a training programme. And then more recently... Actually, with the uh, Chartered Institute um, as one of our uh, people we've engaged, we, we've stressed the importance of employee, employee engagement. We said there's huge gains on productivity uh, uh, to, be, uh, to be made by that. So on, uh, that, that's a really positive uh, agenda. And if we can persuade um, employers to recognise that if their employees are fully engaged, if they recognise that they are a part of a team, if they recognise that their contribution is valued, sick leave 
uh, will reduce absenteeism, turnover uh, reduces. So there's very big gains, something uh, we're, to- we're talking billions uh, here. Jonathan Ginogli, it seems that this is a bit of a problem area for the Conservatives, isn't it? Because you don't want to see more regulation loaded onto the business community, even if the intention is to raise productivity. So do you feel that this is not an issue for you? Well, I mean, you know, ultimately, government's not going to manage for managers. Managers have to manage. So all government can do is try and create the business conditions where managers feel that they can expand their businesses and, and, and move productivity forward. And uh, in, in that regard, Lord Young brought up a very important issue, which is uh, government's attitude towards training. Uh, and last year, the government cut its apprentices by 30, over 30% actually. Uh, you know, this is an area which at a time of recession we should be significantly uh, expanding uh, and will be a priority issue for, uh, for, the, for the next Conservative um, uh, government. As a former apprentice yourself, Lord Young, well, what do you say about that? <laughs> uh, that that's, that's what I call chutzpah. Um, we, when we inherited the apprenticeship, I've likened if it was a national health patient, it was it was dying. We only had sixty five thousand, and and less, and just over a quarter completed their apprenticeships. Right, last year, we had uh, a quarter of a million apprenticeships, right, and and well over two thirds. So we've carried on. We're investing a billion a year in apprenticeships. We've talked uh, um, about uh, high level apprenticeships another 20,000 uh, we, we, we're committed to through public procurement. Uh, we, we, we've made it absolutely... Here's, here's a bit of, uh, if you like, regulation. I'll be interested to see. We made it absolutely clear to contractors, if you want to bid for a government contract, you have to specify how many apprenticeships and what training uh, you, you, will, you will do. You know, it's a bit of... Regu- but it's a bit of much-needed reg- regulation. So to say that we cut apprentices is really... a, a, a Absolutely. Well, it it it's, well, it, be, it, beg, it beggars it, it's, it beggars belief. We are still advancing on on apprenticeships, and I can tell you this as well that when the uh, when the figures are announced soon, we'll be able to tell you that something just over seventy percent will be completing apprenticeships. And I make this challenge now: if the Tories could beat that in in a, in a future record, I, w- I would be fascinated. Their well, record I'm on apprenticeships is abysmal. I want to leave that there, and I want to ask John Thurso about this because I know you've got strong views about the importance of HR and management. Absolutely. And funnily enough, listening to this um, lovely little internal spat between the Conservatives and, and Labour about apprenticeships, when you ask them a question about management, yeah. uh, absolutely encapsulates the number of the problem. Um, the core question you asked of productivity, there are two sides to it. One is investment. Uh, British industry has traditionally been underinvested. Uh, and there is certainly something government can always do to uh, provide the best background for making investment. But I think the most important thing is our culture of leadership and management. Uh, and one of the first things is that we, one of the big impacts of the financial crisis is that it has highlighted the stupidity of having one industry based in London which has sucked so much brain power and talent into it, namely financial services. And we have to reverse that and we have to get good people out into industry and we have to underline that management skills and leadership skills are not some second-rate sort of dirty little thing that goes on in a corner. They are the core to our economy and we have to really concentrate on getting sound quality management uh, throughout uh, industry and commerce. And when we do that, we will start to see that flow through in all the other areas. I mean, uh, I couldn't agree more with 
both of the other two about the importance of training. I mean, I Indeed. I hate the fact that the hotel training uh, catering training levy board was was abolished. I think there's a lot in the in the old levy board system, which is not party policy. It's just my personal view. Um, but uh, the absolutely critical point. Uh, uh, quite apart from skills training and apprenticeships and all the rest of it, is actually to get a much greater appreciation in Britain of the role of the manager and how the manager actually makes things happen. And that's the core and the nub of the whole question. There is a lot more that I'd like to discuss, but I'm afraid we are pretty pushed for time. I have two final questions, and if I may, I would like to ask you for a yes or no on them both. The first... Should the minimum wage be increased in 2010, John Thurso? Yes or no? Yes, by the by by an indexed amount. Lord Young? Yes. Jonathan Janogli. See what the low pay commission says first. Well, that brings me to my next question. Should there be a high pay commission? No. Lord Young. Um, <coughs> Bit of a tricky one for you, this, isn't it? <laughs> I think no, on balance. Yeah. Do your backbenchers agree with you? Yeah. Um, uh, well, it, because you've asked for a yes, no, that's made it difficult. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I, sh- yeah. I shouldn't have given you that subsidiary I mean, it, question. It, 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 in truth, it's worth it, it. You know, it's worth a debate. Yeah. John Thurston. No, for the one-word answer. But if you ask me, the Chancellor already is one. <laughs> I'm afraid that really is all we have time for thank you very much indeed if you'd like to find out more about today's guests or indeed the CIPD's own election manifesto you'll find more details in the accompanying show notes that's cipd.co.uk forward slash podcasts my thanks to the Minister Lord Young to Jonathan Ginogli and to John Thurso for sharing their thoughts today join us next time we'll be discussing how to build a truly authentic organisation until then goodbye been listening to the CIPD podcast series.